Welcome to this week's episode of my podcast, Is Breakfast Included? Today on the show, I sit down with my good friend, Kenny Barnwell. Now, Kenny is a guitar tech, a production manager, a published author, an actor, a motivational speaker, if you will. Man, Kenny does it all. And he took the time out of his day away from his newborn baby to come and talk to little old me. It was a great conversation. Kenny's got an amazing story of where he come from to where he is now. And it's nothing short of a miracle. Anyway, it was a great conversation. Let's check it out. I usually ask you to introduce yourself. Tell me who you are, what you do, where you came from. Uh, Hey, what's up? My name is Kenny Barnwell. I uh, currently am home based in Tampa, Florida. I'm from Villarica, Georgia, small little, well, I can't say small little town outside of Atlanta anymore. It's grown, but when I was growing up there, I grew up on a dead-end dirt road uh, out in the sticks. Uh, Grew up with deaf parents, (laughs) and uh, what I got into these days is the music industry, and long story short, what I do now is still the music industry. Um, I'm not sure what you want me to say, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. <laughs> what uh, you're, you're, I met you. You were a guitar tech. You've also like been a production yeah. manager. You've done a little bit of everything. Um, what, where we can start is how did you get into what <clears throat> the, uh, the touring industry? What's, you know. How, getting into the touring industry. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's a. It's it's a long story, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, it just depends on where you want to start, <laughs> because uh, when I when I first fell into the event industry in general, uh, I was um, kind of well, to be honest with you, homeless at the time. I was kind of just crashing on people's couches or staying in my my car and uh, doing what, whatever I could, work wise, construction jobs or really any job to to make money, uh, and I um found someone that I was doing some work for on her house who knew someone that owned a stagehand company <laughs> and so uh, uh I got my way into the music industry as a stagehand um I'm not sure if your listeners know what a stagehand is but basically a local laborer <laughs> um to help build events and from there uh I was able to kind of position myself uh to being able to get on tour with bands. So, so when you say, when you say homeless, if you don't mind me asking this question, how did you end up homeless? <laughs> well, man, choices, you know, bad choices. <laughs> uh, I, I'm telling you, man, it's like, uh, it's, it's interesting because I grew up in a, a small little town and I was uh, the youngest of five. Mm-hmm. And so I was last left in the, in, in the house when my parents were going through a divorce. And so I took it pretty pretty tough uh and they they were going through this divorce when i was 14 i guess 14 into 15 mm-hmm. and uh, during that time uh, i was taking i was taking a rough that my parents were going through this and my mom was leaving you know our little town and i had to choose between which parents and just through all that i found drugs i <laughs> had mm-hmm. uh, a really young age you know and uh once when you kind of start to rabbit hole down that path it's just one bad choice after after another and i just found myself at 15 and a half 16 you know on the streets yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, quite quite literally um you know and so once you uh, out. once you found this um uh 
a stagehand company, so to speak, uh, were, were you still in those habits or had you started making your way out of that? Most definitely have been, been making my way out of it. I mean, I think, uh, it, you know, if you're not, <clears throat> I think you, you, you get what you focus on. And at the time when the stagehand opportunity, uh, fell in my lap, I was, I was focusing on getting my life better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, Kenny, we, we've known each other for a few years. You're, you're one of the most motivated people I know. So to make a long story somewhat shorter, um, once you got into the live music industry as a stagehand, like how long did it take you from there to, to become a touring tech? Well, man, I mean, it was, uh, within a year and a half, I was a, able to grab my first tour so um i started when i was 18 as a stagehand yeah i mean i was just 20 or about to turn 20 when i got on my first tour but i mean it's it's you know i say it like that but it's, it wasn't so straightforward obviously you know <laughs> no no um, we, I, I was a local stagehand too before i started touring <laughs> yeah and i know i know where you're getting at i mean if, you, if you'd like me to share you know it's just it's one of the things that i'm most passionate about is is the event industry, because to be honest with you, uh, when, when I fell into the station work and stuff, I mean, I was homeless and I know I say it kind of blase these days, but it's like at, at the time it was like, I, I was, you know, years into making bad choices and it could have gone really, really bad. And when I found stagehand work, I found something that was just unbelievably fulfilling. And through that, I realized I was like, man, this is an industry, uh, the event production industry, full of different career paths and opportunities, and none of them required uh, a degree. I mean, because I was a high school dropout as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got my GED, but it's like, man, this whole world of doing things, you know, that was very purposeful. It was like night after night of doing these shows, even as a stagehand, you could, you know, feel the reward uh, at putting on these events. So it was like, man, there's all this engineering work or tech tech work or design work or carpentry work all of this all of this you know stuff that requires a lot of people don't understand when you show up for the gig you could be put with the back line you could be put with lighting you could be put like you said carpenters you do something different every night as a stagehand you certainly did and you 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 got to to gain a lot of experience i mean back in when i when i started as a stagehand too things were were a lot more analog and, and bigger and heavier. And, you know, there was a lot, a lot of people climbing up on the trusses to move, you know, focus lighting and things were a little bit more archaic these days. It's high technology and stuff, which is just as advanced and, and cool. But, uh, you know, it's just, I was just blown away by the opportunity, uh, to build it into a career. And, um, during that short period of time, I just did everything I could, you know, it's like, if you don't know what you want to do with your life, it's like, just do as much of the things that interest you the most, you know? Yeah. So that's what I did, man. I just bounced around until I finally gotten an opportunity to, uh, as a stagehand work with a backline guy, uh, which if your listeners don't know backline, what Bernie does <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> all the instruments on stage so I was working with a local backline guy and he was telling me about, he works for a local backline company in Atlanta. And, uh, man, it was just like, look, I'll, I'll refer you and 
I was able to, to get on with this backline company. And, and, you know, as you start to specialize in, in this industry or really in, in all industries, but once you start to specialize, uh, then you really become marketable. And that's what kind of bridged the gap for me to be able to get on tour. Yeah. Did you start your first tour as a guitar tech or just an all around <laughs> backline guy? Exactly. My all around backline guy. I toured with this guy named Van Hunt and, uh, we were the opening act for seal. And then of course, during that run, we also played a bunch of small little clubs and it was this R and B artist. And, um, it was a van and trailer tour. I mean, I, me and the tour manager and the bass player split driving duties <laughs> and I did everything, you know, monitors, backline, I mean, everything. So, uh, it was a crazy experience for my first tour. It was a six month tour and we didn't even come back to Atlanta, uh, because of just all the driving, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just couldn't afford to get us back. It was, I mean, it was boot camp, man. It's like, uh, it's the perfect way to, to, to dig in, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you, once you got out there, were you like, this is where I belong or was there ever that thought like, uh, maybe I should just stay a local guy, <laughs> man. I got to tell you, it was really, really, really difficult. Um, the, the, uh, the relationship between myself and the artist, um, was okay. was a little weird. I had issues with a, with a tour manager, learned a lot of lessons there. It wasn't a, a great experience. It was a guy that started with me, uh, that was supposed to kind of be the monitor guy audio end of things uh, and help drive about our, I don't know, second week out there, we were playing in New York City and uh, he just up and left us uh, right before a gig. And they were supposed to replace the guy. They didn't end up replacing the guy, of course. You know how that goes. It's like, we'll all pitch in until we figure it out. And then all of a sudden we all have more roles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, And so this is kind of what happened. But during that time, it was just like, they, the, the tour manager and the artist, they just really riding this little kid. You know, I was a kid. I mean, when I say I was a kid, I looked like I was 16. Like, seriously, uh, I looked like I was 12, probably, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, I, I have a baby face, but boy, uh, they just, they just you know, it, it was hard. And when I got back from that first tour, uh, to be honest with you, Bernie, I didn't think I wanted a tour at that point. You know, I thought the travel part was pretty cool considering, but it was hard to sleep in the van, you know, it was, it was hard to, to deal with all those personalities, uh, you know, working with them and, and living with them. It was just, it was, it was, you know, an yeah. out of the box experience that you can only know if, unless you're out there and boy, uh, I didn't know if I wanted to go back to be honest with you. <laughs> so it was a crash course. That, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I would say so. Um, and after that, how did you uh, did you go back to being just a local guy, or did you yeah, jump on yeah. a tour? Were you referred? Yeah, I ended up when I got back. Well, see, that's the thing, you know. It's like uh, I wanted to get on tour so bad, and so I didn't stay at that backline company very long uh, before I jumped on this tour. And when I got back to that backline company, my position had been replaced, you know. So it was kind of like, well, man, you, you know. We went on tour, but we couldn't save your job, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just what it was. So I just went back to the grind of it all. You know, there's this local uh, grind where it's like between stagehand and kind of just like tech work, day rate type work. You just you just hustle it up, you know? Um, and so I kind of went back to doing that. 
And it wasn't probably, I don't know, maybe three or four months later, I got a call from uh, this guy, Monty Curry, this audio guy, and uh, was saying that he was going to refer me for a country gig. And uh, I didn't know anything about country music, really, (laughs) at the time. I mean, I remember growing up listening to it. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so I get a call from this production manager, Howard, uh, for Joe Nichols. Uh, this was I mean, I was 20 years old. I could I wasn't even, you know, old enough to drink. I don't mm-hmm. even think at that point. Maybe I was maybe I was just 21, you know, and uh, I was able to, to, to get this gig. They, they took a, a chance on a guy in Atlanta because they were just out of people in Nashville and they were kind of tired of the Nashville circle of options of techs yeah and uh and so they hired me and i and man i'm telling you i mean that was a great experience but for about almost five years i drove to to you know outside of atlanta to nashville every week to catch the bus (laughs) so from going from uh this was a complete 180 from that first tour the joe nichols tour or oh, you talking about the Van Hunt tour, the yeah, Joe Nichols tour? Yeah, complete for sure. One eighty. Yeah, complete one eighty. I mean, I, I, you know, we were with Van Hunt. The opening act was for Seal, and so I mean, I could clearly see that there was a, another level to this. I, I was a stagehand. I was aware of the level of touring. Yeah, that but I, I was mean the, ex- in, the experience, you know? the experience yeah, from yeah. one experience I mean, to the other. For sure, you know. I mean, and and look, I've always had this uh, desire to to constantly level up, you know, and uh, and to grow. And so, um, most most definitely. I mean, I I I will say that at one point, uh, I was like, oh well, I think I found my home with Joe Nichols because that's the thing with country music. A lot of country bands is like and old school bands, they want the same guys, you know, yeah. the same people, uh, for a long time. You know, there's not so much a rotating door. Uh, so, yeah, and I thought at one point Joe was going to be that for a while there, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I was naive. You oh, were uh, you were in the country world for a while. Like a decade, man. Yeah, I had that opportunity to work with Trace Atkins. Uh, I worked with um, uh, Clint Black, Travis Tritt. Um, Gosh, where the band Perry, which I think that's kind of where we finally ended up kind of crossing paths. That's where we crossed paths. I covered for you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't <laughs> know you. I, I was just called to uh to come out and cover for this guy Kenny, who the band could not <laughs> wait to get back. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's terrible. That's a terrible thing. They were oh, they were man. such good people and, and I felt yeah, that yeah. all I heard every day was like, uh, when's Kenny coming back? And I don't, I don't think I'm a terrible tech. I think they just liked you that much. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is, man. I mean, it's such a, such a comfort factor. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, we, we might take care of instruments and things like that, but, but we're also there as a, as a comfort factor for these artists. Yeah. Know? That security blanket. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, I had, uh, I mean, fortunately in that, that, time frame as well uh i had an opportunity to to be on a bunch of big tours um and you know connect with all those people and those artists and really expand my network people like the keith urban folks and and paisley um you know went out with reba and, and the rascal flats people and like shell and just you know just uh a really really awesome decade 
of, of country bands and um it was i can't i can't honestly i can't even remember what year it was at, at this point but i got an opportunity to once again grow and and you know it's interesting because i was at a crossroads with the band perry actually where i could have been with them they were one of those artists that was like family put you on a salary type thing if you wanted and benefits and just stay with us and build, help us build the thing um but you know when you're when you're not growing, you're dying, they say, right? <laughs> and yeah. so no matter, no matter what, you know, no matter how much, much money, uh, it's like, you know, you, you got to make a, a shift forward. And I had an opportunity, a friend of mine called me uh, and said that he wanted to give me the Bieber gig. Uh, just literally was like, man, you're the only guy that I would, I would trust. They're looking for a natural guy to do this thing with Bieber and Cody Simpson. And I think he would be perfect for Justin because he was going to go, to back and just stay with train and so he was uh just gonna hand me the beaver gig i was like wow what an opportunity you know uh, and so i did man I, I put my notice in with the band perry and um went to go do the beaver gig uh and it, it was a hard transition it was hard for the for the artist because again there's their security blanket went away and by this point i was already over four years with the band perry i think at this point yeah. you know so kind of a kind of a tough thing for them, but for me, I, I had the opportunity to grow. But I tell you, here, here's the the funny story about growth is, you know, when when you choose to like go towards a goal, like the first the first thing that happens when you set out towards a goal is like the toughest part of of the, of the journey, right? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and that's what ended up happening. I mean, we were we were in rehearsals for a month, a little over a month in, in Burbank. Uh, with Bieber and it was awesome. We were doing the thing. We were about to go do this like large 15 uh, city world tour all around. And uh, so we all go home to go prepare for, for a week at home. And then we were going to go head out. And as soon as we get home the next day, the tour manager calls like, eh, Bieber doesn't want to do it. <laughs> and it was just like, what? <laughs> I'm out of a gig, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and so fortunately for me, you know, it, I had continued to to network. But well, actually, back then it was back when you could actually see what people posted on Facebook uh -huh. uh, in your circle. <laughs> I made a post that I said, well, looks like I'm not headed out on the road after all or something like that. And uh, I literally like a couple hours later. I got a call from Howard Hopkins. You know Howard Hopkins? I know I know who he is. I, we don't know each other okay. personally. Okay. Well, production manager and uh, called me and said, hey, we just had to replace our guitar tech. We're over here in Europe. Uh, can we fly you to Germany? Oh, he was with the, the Frey. And he's like, can we fly you to Germany tomorrow? Because we have we have a gig and we need to finish this like this the rest of this, you know, three months tour or whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> in Europe. And I was like, Okay. So, you know, it's just, that's the, that's the nature of this industry, man. How, how one gig can, can kind of fold into the next, depending on your relationships and all that. But I tell you, Bernie, uh, all this time that you're on the road, you, you know, a lot of people don't realize that life off the road is continuing yeah. to happen, you know? And, uh, during that time was probably the most tumultuous for me in my personal life. <laughs> yeah. Because what was going on in my personal life was I was going through this, this divorce uh, of a 13-year marriage. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, going this, going through a divorce when you're when you're touring, and going through all of this stuff. I mean, you know, life, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, life, life happens, and uh, and so going through this this period of time, but also tr- trying to navigate this career of making these moves and stuff. And I'm also running this business and, and trying to uh, help educate people on careers and, and tech products and you know, as Bernie said, I've always been a pretty motivational guy, motivated guy rather. Um, yeah, it just, uh, it just, uh, kind of, kind of came collapsing, um, you know, all around me. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do remember that time. I do also remember, man, like you never showed any, uh, uh-huh. I don't, I don't know what you were feeling inside when, when you were alone. I, I don't know that, but I what I do remember from you, Ken, was that uh, you never showed it. You just kept moving forward. And I I think after the fray, you went on to uh, Ariana Grande. Yep, yep. And, uh, and you just, you yep. I, I didn't find out about a lot of this stuff till I think you and I had a conversation several years later. But you never showed it, which is so popular now on social media. People want to show their, like... This is what I'm going through. You just kept yeah, moving yeah, the, forward. And I remember even like you had to move across country to LA and you crashed your truck. And, and, and yeah. you know, there was every, it's like everything that could life. possibly go wrong with you in life was going wrong, yeah. but you just kept pushing forward. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, it, it, it's like from a, from a perspective of going through the storm, you're always like, man, I, you know, this is, this is, just doesn't seem right but in hindsight it was all actually unfolding as it should because i gotta tell you you know uh because of this this destruction in my personal life um I, yes i went out with ariana grande ended up meeting my now wife who was one of ariana grande's dancers uh-huh. uh, we met on that tour got to travel the world with each other and and uh, uh just incredible that we connected in that way um completely out of nowhere wasn't obviously looking for it considering i was leaving a a a 13 year mess and uh and so that kind of came out of it and another thing that that unfolded was um i i felt like you know my, my i had no clue about myself and so i wanted to go figure that out too and so that was a blessing i ended up man um, I was in rehearsals for the Purpose Tour, uh, Bieber. And this was after Ariana Grande. I had moved to L.A. Yes, you're right. I crashed my truck and uh, I really lost everything. By the way, I walked away from everything from that marriage yeah. uh, willingly because I just wanted freedom, you know, choice. And uh, and uh, in in rehearsals with Bieber, and I could care less, man. Like literally the best gig on the planet probably. Uh, about to leave out for two and a half years, so solid, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I'll keep going into rehearsals every day, just not not caring, man. Like I was doing the work as as old Ken would. I mean, I'm soldering the cables, I'm building the stuff, I'm handing guitars off, I'm tuning the string, but there was no me in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were just going through like, the motions, like just doing I was the disconnected. Gig. Yeah. That's right. And so. I just got out to Hollywood, you know, just moved out there while Sherman Oaks. And, uh, and so I'm going to, to rehearsal every day, going back home, uh, to my new apartment with my new, new girlfriend at the time. Um, and 
starting starting fresh. And I was like, man, I always told myself if I was going to end up being that guy, that was those road guys that then you see them all the time where they're like, they're, they're hate being out there was the only way they don't have to make real decent money. Yeah. So they just keep doing it as opposed to doing it because you want to do it. Yeah. And so they become curmudgeon, you know? Uh, and so, I was like, man, if I'm ever that guy, I'll, I'll, I'll fire myself. I'll go figure something else out, you know? And I felt like I kind of hit that wall. And I, I mean, again, dude, best best gig. I mean, I'm about to go on the Purpose Tour. Like, come on. World Tour is awesome, right? Yeah. And uh, and I could care less. And so, yeah, man, I ended up putting my notice in, uh, left the tour. Uh, and instead of leaving the tour, I did the whole burn the boats thing. You know that analogy, burning the boats? Yeah. <laughs> to take the island. I literally sold my work box, my, my tools. I mean, like I literally sold everything uh, that connected me with touring and events. And I went and literally did the Hollywood thing for a while. (laughs) I saw you on an episode of curve your enthusiasm. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Yes. I was on curve your enthusiasm. I've been on, uh, been in movies and commercials. I had a commercial agent. Like I said, when I say I did the Hollywood thing, I did the Hollywood thing. And I literally have probably been on like 50 different episodes of things, uh, probably more. Um, you know, everything from Grey's Anatomy to, to Scorpion to the movie Bright. I mean, <laughs> uh, good, good times. But I, I, I actually went out there to kind of like not just pursue acting or anything like that, but, uh, but a host. Like I love presenting. Yeah. I love hosting. It's something that I've always, uh, I've always really loved doing. And it was one thing that, like, when I was uh, teaching guitar tech videos on YouTube, people, a lot of people don't realize, like, I was the very first touring guitar tech, or really main guitar tech, any guitar tech, showing any of that stuff on YouTube back when I was putting it out there. There just wasn't wasn't anybody doing it. Yeah, I meant to say that before, you know, when you were with the band Perry, that's when you and I connected, and I remember you sending me a message going, hey, I've got these videos up, you should check them out, and I started watching them, and I was... I was new to all that at the same time. And I mean, I learned a lot from your videos and I would message you and go, Hey, how do you do this? You know? And you were always yeah. very forthcoming with, with information. You never were like, ah, learn for yourself. Right. You know? Right. Right. But I do remember yeah. you couldn't find videos like you were putting out. And this was in, no. the, you know, 2008, 2009. Early 2000. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and so I, and I still get, get people messaging me all the time saying, Hey dude, I learned from your videos. Literally it's such a wild thing, but I've had like people all around the world. Uh, when I've been on tours go Kenny from YouTube, like I'm dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, Kenny's uh, tech tips. Such a, yeah. Kenny's guitar tech tips. Cause it's, it's such a, a such a niche thing of the, of the, of the thing that I was teaching, you know, within it all. So, um, I forgot where we were going with that. Uh, you were telling me you wanted to be a host. You liked hosting. Well, that's things. right. And and that's that's uh, kind of, you know, one outlet for me in those early days. And a lot of people, it wasn't just about the education and stuff like that. I never thought I was some great guitar guitar tech. I just I just wanted to educate, wanted to present a message, you know. And so I thought, man, one thing I wanted, I've always wanted to do is really level up my hosting. And I ended up uh, going through hosting classes, improv classes at the Groundlings, the Bateman's Theater. I ended up... Uh, uh, getting trade show host agents um, that help me book uh, trade show hosting gigs. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like uh, you present 
basically items at trade shows and you do their demos and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've done like voiceover stuff and then like I've done some presentation and hosting things for, for certain people. And I also, uh, did a travel show series, a bunch of them, uh, which you can see all this stuff on YouTube, but all, all in efforts to, to, uh, just kind of, man, see what I'm made of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're out there in Hollywood, you're doing the Hollywood thing. Um, how long does that last? Um, I was out, uh, in Hollywood doing that for about two and a half years. We lived in Sherman Oaks. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I was out there kind of doing the extra thing, but you know, at that time, cause I had left, I had left the music industry and, you know, mind you, I just went through this divorce where I literally walked away from ever, all assets that I had ever owned, which uh-huh. at the time was a good amount. I had, we had owned an antique shop and five rental properties between ourselves. So I walked away from all of it and I crashed my truck. So I had the little Beamer convertible, of course, that my insurance money paid for after the, the, the truck accident. And otherwise, I mean, I was kind of back to square one. And I, of course, I had just left Beaver too, literally starting from nothing. <laughs> in, a, so, in a in a new industry in a yeah i mean and to be honest with you man i never looked at me doing acting and hosting and stuff like that like i teach career with our our industry which you know i looked at it as just something that i was like naively gonna go and be a part of and that's literally it was kind of that naivety that kind of dumb you know southern guy coming in here to hollywood that got me booked on so many things man (laughs) i mean i was like constantly getting booked for things and and it was it was funny because you know you're you're in that world of all these actors and they're all doing these these classes and all this and here's this guy just kind of fumbling through it submitting himself on things getting agents quickly like it was just it was just interesting um but i didn't have any uh any real solid steady income coming in so during this time bernie look man during this time man, i was already a published author by the way i i didn't forget to mention wrote wrote the book right the backstage pass yeah we didn't book. mention that it's fine just another thing right <laughs> <laughs> um but but seriously you know all of this kind of like past life you know that i had been living now here i am you know in in la with this new life trying to figure it out and trying to make it and uh there's the very real thing about money you know and so during this time uh i'm doing whatever i could uh to to make money you know and so uh, i mean i literally i've driven for postmates uber eats lyft i've done uh uh i worked for a painter construction guy for a while um in in la i did uh oh gosh i worked at a pet store for a while and and literally did all their social media stuff. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I worked for a car dealership for a while. But long story short, it was while I'm doing acting and hosting and all that stuff, right? Because that's what people don't understand. It's like those people go out there to live that dream, but they still got to figure out how to, you know, <laughs> how to yeah. make money you yeah. know, and live. So, um, but yeah, man, what what a, what a, a trip that was. But um just doing whatever but during that time uh my hosting coach shannon o'dowd she's amazing she's you guys have seen her in so many things um but she goes you know kenny you want to be a host and you want to be a travel show host and all this stuff she's like 
why don't you like put put together something with your book where you're like you're teaching and you're talking and you're presenting about all the things that you you know and love about the industry and at the time i was like nah i'm over the industry i'm over it you know (laughs) i was like bitter you know uh because that was such a connection with my my ex-wife by the way who was in the industry too and uh and so I was like, no, no. And she was like, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, your, it's your zone. You know, it's like your zone of genius. You can talk all the time about this. You can present about it without trying, you know. And I'm just like, ah, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do it. And she's like, you, you know, you could even go back out on tour. And if you're on tour, you could help, you know, you could like sell some of this stuff. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it, you know. And so she's just encouraging me to like host and present about what I want to present about uh, because it comes natural and you need money. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, so I ended up, uh, I ended up, um, recording my first online training course mm-hmm. because of what she said. I said, you know, well, if I'm not going to go out on tour or whatever, I can at least present and, and create this material because maybe I can sell it, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, I created the Tory Music Tech training program, and it was just like literally teaching people from no experience, no connections, which is what my book did on how to to, you know, enter the music industry with no experience and build a, a successful career and get on tour with bands doing exactly what I did. Right. Yeah. And so uh, when I did that. Um, I ended up launching it and man, it, it, it changed my life. I ended up going from broke to selling, uh, 26, $1,000 courses and it changed my life. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I was like, I can make good money, uh, teaching people, you know, how to, to from build everything a career. I've learned. Yeah from everything that I've learned, I was like, this is, this is unbelievable, you know? Um, and then, so next month comes rolling around, posted about it again. And this time nobody signed up for my program. (laughs) I was like, uh, but you know, what, what happened last time? I had all these people and come to find out, it was just like, it's just an audience thing. I had, you know, basically sold out my customer base right away. And, and so anyways, long story short, I ended up having to figure out how to market and sell my products. And during this time, uh, I ended up enrolling myself in a whole bunch of uh, digital marketing certification courses, Facebook ad uh, certification courses, you know, just anything I could do to figure out how to, uh, to better sell this, you know, and, uh, you know, long story short, during that time, my hosting coach was right. She was like, look, why don't you go on tour and people would probably buy from the guy that's actually doing the thing that he's trying to get people to buy. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't want to do it. She's like, look, it'll solve all this stuff for you. You know, now I will say, Bernie, it took about a year and a half for the calls to stop coming. You know the what calls I mean? To like stop coming for, for gigs. Yeah. From, from road gigs. It took mm-hmm. about a year and a half for the call for people to know that Kenny was out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I, I said, okay, well, she's probably right. You know, at least if I go back out on tour, I'll go back out there on my terms. I'll go back out there with the understanding that I'm going to get my message and my education out to the world. 
you know, my books out to the world. I had started writing Sagehand 101, the second book, you know, like to, to add to the arsenal of products. Like I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, I was like, we could use the money. I'll do it. I ended up, uh, I ended up making a call to Takumi and literally within 24 hours, he, he's calling me and said, Hey man, you got the option of three different gigs. <laughs> uh, which ones do you want? And I was like, ah, the road. Such is the dang road. Right. <laughs> uh, so I ended up going out with Chris Isaac, you know, begrudgingly went back out there. Um, but I mean, I was, I was grateful that I did obviously, cause it's, you know, every step of the way, <laughs> no matter what good or bad is part of your, your, your journey to get where you're at. And mm-hmm. so, um, I didn't have the best experience out with Chris Isaac, not, not from Chris, but just from a working experience. And, uh, so Lots of lessons there, Bernie. Yeah. I got to tell you, it's just, it's nothing but lessons. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and after Chris Isaac, uh, who did you run out? Who'd you go off with? Well, Seal, uh, I believe. I think that that was my, my kind of uh, transition to, to go back into Seal because, um, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I ended up getting done with the Chris Isaac tour and I decided at that point, okay, I'll stay in it. And my friend Steve was with Seal. Uh, Steve was like, and I, and crazy story about Steve, Steve and I have been keeping in touch for like over, oh my gosh, over like 15 years or uh-huh. 14, 14 years. Ever since when I was on tour with Dan Hunt, my very first tour, we opened up for Seal and Steve was Seal's guitar tech back then still. Yeah. And here I was this 19 year old kid and Steve, Steve remembers that. So anyways, so anyway, Steve and I have been staying in touch a long time. That's how long it took me to actually get a gig from Steve. <laughs> it was was 15 years but uh no so he uh he asked me to come to sub for him and that's when i ran into you in singapore yeah yeah but yeah you, you cool went to work well, for we seal the next morning too. we did i paid for it yeah it was free it was free before anyone thinks i'm a, a jerk it was free it was free anyway uh, <laughs> that's by, by been the way the... i just want to i just want to say something that like <laughs> You know, we have this conversation, this podcast, this it, it, for everyone's listening. And it's just like it's so it's so crazy to say the things. It's like, oh, that's when I ran into you in Singapore when I was out with Seal, dude, and you were with Duran Duran. And we were, you know, it's like it's almost unbelievable stuff. You know, it's so hard to sometimes it's like, man, I've had this conversation with a friend of mine where I tell uh, I tell them that. Like when I come home, like I, I can, I can acclimate getting back into regular life easily. Yeah. But yeah. if I go see friends, I feel like such a douche when they go, Hey, what'd you do last week? I'm like, I was in London. Yeah. And then you hear those words coming out of your mouth. You're like, yeah, maybe just shut up because yeah, not, every, not everybody gets to fly to London for one gig and come back yeah. the next day. And it's just, yeah. so yeah, that well, what you say, that crazy conversations that we could have, like, Oh, we ran into each other in Singapore. I know in Singapore, and then we just yeah, I know, man. It's just it's with just so seal. crazy. I know it, it's just so wild because I, I grew up on a dead end dirt road, off another dirt road in Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm the least likely candidate to have have had the experiences. I mean, considering, and so I, I, I actually one of the reasons why I'm so motivated, and actually the reason why is because of gratitude. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can step back and go, okay, well, I'm not in jail or dead, you know, from that period of my life. And 
you know, um, I've gotten to experience some incredible stuff and it's like, man, I just, I stop and soak it in regularly. I just regularly focus on the good, you know? And that's, that's what, I think that's what it's about. Like you, you mentioned earlier, like you didn't want to become one of those techs or slash roadies who's just jaded. He's just out there just making the money. And that's what we do. We do it to make the money. But if you don't love what you do, you're not, you know, if I talked to someone a few weeks ago and, and her motto is the, you know, if you're, if you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's, that's very true. Um, I agree with you, man. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I, and I will to, to add to that though. Um, it's, it's really about why you do. And, and the reason why I say that is because I know plenty of people that, that are under that whole, you know, I'm just out here for a paycheck that don't suck the life out of the job. And it's because they're, they're really in love with why they do it, you know, and the reason yeah. why they do it is at home, right. Uh, being a, a good husband or a good father or something like that, you know? And so I just think that like, you know, how you operate on the job, you know? Yeah. And it's like you said, I was, I was trying to make a point. And I forgot, but the, the gratitude, like the not gratitude, taking yes. it for granted, like, yeah, we we ran into each other in Singapore, but I I I I can count the times how many times I've been back to Singapore because as a kid, I'm like you. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to live and die in the same country town that I grew up in. But as a kid, I was always fascinated with Singapore. I don't know I why. Singapore but, is awesome. So when I go there, I think, wow, this is the place that I read about that I never thought <laughs> I'd go to. I never I thought I'd go. I you know, I London was so far away to me as a kid now i refer to it as my second home because everything everything i do starts in london with the band Uh, well that's true yeah so now i go to london i have friends there that you know if you would have told you know 10 year old bernie like dude one day you're gonna have friends on the other side of the atlantic ocean you're gonna have friends and experiences and dude i know i mean i literally got to live in london because this this work life allowed it you know i lived Mm. i lived there for a while you know yeah i remember that you 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 moved around a lot for a minute (laughs) yeah we have been moving around a lot for a minute i think from london i i don't know if you came back to la or you went to new New york York city we went back to new york city for a while you know and then back to la yeah and then you you guys moved in the middle of the pandemic to yeah, Florida. moved in the middle of the pandemic. Well, we moved to the middle of the start of the pandemic to Atlanta first, and then we uh, moved down to Tampa. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just so wild, man. I think about those stories, those those crazy stories, Bernie. And I have one, and I got the photo on my phone. Um, but Seal plays Russia a lot. You know, we used to go to Russia a lot, uh-huh. and, uh, and it's just one of these stories. I, I got to say it. So, so uh, we go to Russia a lot with seal and we were playing in moscow at the kremlin uh you ever been to the kremlin i've only seen the kremlin i've never been there <laughs> okay so so we, we we played the kremlin well um there is a private theater underneath the kremlin and when i say private theater i'm talking like the fox atlanta like beautiful seven thousand seater like you know mm-hmm. uh underneath the kremlin and we were playing the kremlin and we were you know, for for whatever the show was, and we were in these dressing rooms, and these dressing rooms are all gold and gaudy and all of that stuff. You know, just like 
what you would expect <laughs> this Russian wealth, you know, and uh, all these bodyguards everywhere outdoors. And so uh, there I am in the dressing room with our keyboard player, who was also the music director for Adele and then Seal. And I'm playing Seal's guitar. And something I love to do is I love to sing 90s country songs, mm-hmm. but I love to sing the artist that I'm working for song in 90 country style. <laughs> <laughs> like even when I was with Ariana, it'd be like, bang, bang into the room. You know, you want it. <laughs> so anyways, and so I was doing this with Seal, you know, in the dress room, I was like, uh, you're never going to survive unless you get a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Seal freaking loved it. And, um, uh, our uh, the keyboard player at the time snapped a quick photo and uh you know a little while later texted it to me and it just it just it's unreal you know there's seal and me and you know uh my friend eric and i just like those moments you know what i mean oh yeah like man. those those moments it's 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 man the uso shows that i got to be a part of back in 2008 in country music Dude, getting to go to Iraq and Afghanistan, Kuwait, like, man, just incredible stuff, man. This this music industry life. <laughs> it is, it is, and and I I think we're very fortunate. I I can I don't know if I can speak for you, but I don't take it for granted. You know no. the things I get to do. I never know when it's going to be taken away, as we found out a year ago. You know. Mm. <laughs> but man, I I I do want to thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you so much for for uh, stepping up and helping me with the band Perry all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we would have, we would have never crossed paths had I not done that. I know. And thanks so much for buying me breakfast in Singapore. <laughs> I got to tell you, Bernie, this is not the end, man. We've got much more to Cause I got a lot to learn. So uh, I look forward to our next breakfast together. Well, man, uh, my, my, my podcast is called is breakfast included. So breakfast is included, it. Kenny. <laughs> what would you have right now? If breakfast was included, what was I? Ha- what would I have right now? Well, to be honest with you, what I'm a segue, right? What a segue! Yeah, well, I love <laughs> it because look, I'm on keto right now because I'm trimming it up. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have a cheat day for this breakfast and have a nice acai bowl and pancakes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right on, that's man. All I got. Well, that's all you need. Uh, you know, Kenny, man, you, uh, you can't come from more, from more humble beginnings than you did. And, and you've really made a life for yourself, for your wife, for your newborn. And, uh, man, I'm proud to call you my friend, dude. And I appreciate you Likewise. taking the time to do this. And, uh, Thank you, brother. I hope we cross paths soon because it, it's just not about the breakfast. It's about the company, brother. Most definitely. Most definitely, Bernie. You're the man. All right, man. Love you, man. Take care of yourself. Right on. That was Kenny Barnwell. Man, check him out on Instagram at the Kenny Barnwell. Kenny's probably one of the most positive people I know, one of the most motivated people I know, and I'm proud to call him my friend. So go to his Instagram, check it out, follow him, and let me know what you think. All right, guys, I'm done. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>